We have been in a series called Hydrate. Everybody say hydrate. Oh, you can do better than that. Say hydrate. Thank you. And, uh, and in this series, as we've had a key scripture, and it was Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2. As David said it like this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. And it was with that that we dove into this concept of the living water. Uh, David said, my soul thirsts for God. And, uh, and I, I, we started into this, and I kind of explained to you the journey that Jamie and I have been on. You know, uh, last week was my birthday, and uh, that's right, big 5-0. I joined the 5-0 club, that's right. And uh, we were laughing about it. Tony and I, we were yelling 5-0. I said, boy, that makes me nervous how I grew up. He goes, I know, I hear 5-0. We both run. <laughs> and so, uh, but, you know, 5-0, what, I, what I've been telling everybody, I'm bringing sexy to AARP. Watch it. Here he comes, so. That's what's going to happen right there. With well, this whole thing, though, it started uh, this year when uh, we sat down with a nutritionist, and basically the nutritionist said to us, you're not drinking enough water. You are living in a state of hydration, uh, dehydration, excuse me, um, that you need at least 80 ounces of, of water a day, uh, to which I wasn't even probably getting 20 ounces of water. And I think it was kind of from that prophetically that we began to be stirred by the Lord. And we went into our first week in this Hydrate series. We went into the passage where Jesus told everyone, if you're thirsty, come to me and I'll give you living water. And we looked at uh, what I was trying to do is help expose and connect you to as the scripture teaches that it's the Holy Spirit flowing in us is the goal of genuine Christianity and following Christ. And Jesus literally said, come to me and I'll give you my Holy Spirit. Come to me and I'll get, if you're thirsty, if you're dry on the inside. And, uh, and, we, and I exposed that to you. I exposed it. I connected it. How uh, when you and I are dehydrated, it has a couple, uh, a couple negative uh, effects on our life. Bad breath. That's why some of you are still speaking bad, cussing bad and all that. Because you're dehydrated. It's not that you don't love God. It's not that you're not a Christian. You're just dehydrated. We looked also at, at fatigue, overheating, cramps, lightheadedness. Those are the natural responses to being dehydrated, and I connected that to the spiritual dehydration that most of what I believe America Christians are going through. It's not that we don't love God, we're just dehydrated, and as a result, we're lightheaded. We can't make good decisions because we're lightheaded. We don't have the, the flow of the Holy Ghost moving in us the way it, he needs to be able to have full access to us. And then last week, we moved into uh, the polluted fluids. That we, reason, one of the reasons we're dehydrated is because we're drinking, you know, if you will, the natural coffee, which dehydrates us, and our soft drinks and all these things, but we're not getting the proper fluid, and we're drinking, if you will, polluted fluids, and polluted fluids of self-righteousness. We looked at the woman at the well and her self-righteousness. We looked at her religious tradition, and then we looked at her disappointment, and she was so caught up in that, that the living water was standing right in front of her, and she didn't even recognize and couldn't even hardly receive him until finally... Finally, he began to move in the supernatural gifts and call her out prophetically, and that's when it snapped for her, and she went, whoa, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And she went out and told everyone, come meet the man. Could he be the Messiah? Is this not the one? And the Bible says the whole town came out, and many of them gave their life to Jesus in that moment. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Just powerful. And so with that, as we wrap up this three-part series I've titled today, Tips to Staying Full. Turn to the person next to you and say, stay full. And turn to the person on the other side and say, you full of something. All right, we'll just stop right there. <laughs> as I've done my research in the natural, as I've done my research in the natural part of hydration and been studying all this, you may or may not know this, but the body has no ability to store water. 
It doesn't have the ability to store it. And so therefore, we, gotta, we have to replenish our water content every day. The co-creator, the co Jesus, obviously knew this when he began to connect our filling with the Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit to, if you will, thirst and hydration and dehydration. And that's why he taught us, come, let the living waters come to me and I'll give you living waters. Come and pursue the Holy Spirit and taught us how to actually engage with the Holy Spirit. And so some of you are still trying to hydrate uh, once a week, you come to the come to services, and you and you're trying to get hydrated. Then, and you live the rest of your time un, unreplenishing, if you will, or not replenishing the spirit of the living God inside of you every day. And can I just say this? We burn through it. Uh, we, you have to replenish uh, in the natural, just by, whether we sweat it out, whether it just you know evaporates out, whether we use the water it's in us. It has to constantly be replenished. And you and I need to constantly be refreshing in the Holy Spirit. we got to constantly be refreshing. And some of you think, well, you know, back in the day I had this great experience with the Lord and it was powerful. That's awesome. That was back in the day. You're dehydrated now. You need to replenish. That was awesome that you had those wonderful times last week. But that was last week. And you're burning through that and you have to replenish. And so that's why with today's teaching I want to teach you how to every day get up and replenish. How to every day get up and get hydrated with the Spirit of the living God. Are you with me today? say yes. Would that help you? Somebody say, yeah, pastor. That's good. That's what we need. Good. Well, with that, let's study. The book of Acts is the book that tells us the early church's history. How did we come about? What was going on as Jesus has died, resurrected, and then ascended into heaven and entrusted these followers of his with what he called the church, the establishment of the church. We know now what the church is after 2,000 years, but they were establishing it. Can you imagine building a house if you've never seen a house? Can you imagine fabricating a car and you've never seen a car? You never, you don't need, and so they are doing this in real time as the Lord is leading there, establishing the church. They didn't have these certain structures and systems. and the, All they knew was the spirit of the living God had been poured out upon them on the day of Pentecost. That's all they had as their guide. And I'll tell you, he's the best guy there could ever be. We've gotten so caught up in our systems that we've lost the ability to actually follow the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis. So with that being said, we're going to jump in and look at the original design and the original believers. So we're going to be coming to you today from the book of Acts. We're going to look at the story of Stephen. Stephen, the Bible calls a man full of the Spirit. Everybody say full of the Spirit. You can do better than that. Say full of the Spirit. As you turn to Acts chapter 6, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. So Acts records all of the early days of the church. And in this moment that we're going to be looking at, the church has been exploding. Many people are coming to Christ. The numbers are growing so rapidly. There's so many people becoming Christians and followers of the way, followers of Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So many things are happening so quickly that you have these 12 apostles. Judas has gone off and killed himself. And then by way of you know uh, the Spirit, Matthias has replaced him. And so you've got these 12, if you will, leaders. Uh, there's not one particular leader. There's 12 of them, the apostles. And what happens is the growth is happening so fast that also along with that growth comes people's needs. And there was a group of, if you will, how do we take care of the, the widows and the orphans and those who are struggling in our midst that are impoverished and don't have food for their table. And so they would take up the tithes and offerings. And in those days, think about it, they didn't necessarily always give money. Maybe they gave a chicken. Maybe they gave a deed to land, something like that. And so then the apostles were having to go and convert that into usable uh, uh, ability to help this person over here with their need and that need. And it was all coming to the apostles, and the apostles were all distributing it. And it 
became so overwhelming that they couldn't do it anymore. And they literally set, brought the entire congregation of believers together, probably thousands, and they said, we can't do this anymore. We need to be committed to studying the Holy Scriptures and prayer so that this movement does not get destroyed by the demonic forces. We need to do our job properly, so we need to relinquish the caring for the widows and, the, and this whole distribution of stuff to someone else. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you guys to choose from amongst you who should be the first staff members. We're going to let you choose them, okay? But we give you one criteria, one criteria, and that was that they would be filled full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. That's the one criteria, that they'd be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So that not, we're not going to do an you know, Enneagram uh, you know, uh, deal with them and see if they scored a four or a three or a five. We're not going to look at their, you know, we're not going to do a resume and see you know, where they worked before. Are they, this was the one criteria, are they full of the Spirit? Are they full of the Spirit? Not, not do they have some Spirit, are they full of the Spirit? And let's pick up right there in Acts chapter 6, verse 3 through 5. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be what? Full of the Spirit. Say it with me. Full of the Spirit. And wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. And they chose who? Who's the first name? Stephen. Say it out loud. They chose who? Stephen. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Pecorus, Nakaran, Timon, like, like these are add-on names. Like, oh, was number two. <laughs> No, that was the third one they picked, sorry. <laughs> but the first one, they don't say anything else about these jokers, but the first one they go, he's full of the Spirit. Woo! Just like the apostles asked for. Skip down with me to verse 8. And it says, and now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs, where? Amongst the people. Now, I want to draw your attention for this to just, just a moment. He's doing miracles, and where is he doing miracles? At church? No. He's doing miracles where? At the synagogue? No. At the temple? No. He's doing miracles and signs and wonders amongst the people. That's why this is foolish that we as believers need to have a conference to see miracles happen. Or that we got to go to church to see miracles. That is not what the early church was experiencing. They were at work and people were getting healed. They were at Walmart prophesying in line. They were, they were, going, to, you know, they were going to the grocery store and they were, they're praying over people who, who can't walk and push their buggy and all of a sudden their legs starting to work again and they're looking at them going, what is this thing that is on? in your life. What is this full of the spirit that you're walking in? This is what the early church looks like. We've so systemized it that we got to go to a Benny Hinn conference or we got to go to a healing prophetic conference or we got to somehow get to church to get healed. That's not at all what the early church looked like. The original model did not look like what we've created. We got to get back to this. Are you with me? Say yes. And he says, so miraculous signs and wonders amongst the people. Verse 9, opposition arose, however. Mm, you know that's true. From members of the synagogue of the free men, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Sicilia and Asia. These men began to argue with Stephen, verse 10, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or what? The what? The spirit by whom he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speaking words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. In verse 12, so they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law, and they seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. I want to talk about a little bit of injustice for a moment. That dude ain't doing nothing but minding his own business. They start engaging with him right out, right out there in front of the mall, and all of a sudden they get ticked off and start getting a bunch of people around them to say, you're a liar, you're a cheat, you're this, and they grab that joke. 
joker. Now he's on his way to work. He has a job that he's doing for the ministry. And they grab this sucker and they bring him to jail. They bring him to court. He has done nothing wrong, and yet they grab him. Come on, stay with me. Are you there? Say yes. As, as they are lying and bringing false witness in front, of, uh, in front of the judicial group, as they're bringing false witness, something happens. As they're lying about it, look at verse 15, Acts 6. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like that of an angel. His face looked like an angel. I don't know when the last time people started attacking you and talking bad about you and your face looked like an angel. Now, you think about that for a moment. You think about that. It's not because we're not saved. It's because we, we're not full. It's not, it's not that he doesn't love us and we don't love him. It's that we're not full. That man is so full of the Spirit that they start lying about him and accusing him. <laughs> He's just sitting there. You know what you and I would be like. We'd be like, oh, no, you did not. Oh, no, you... I mean, we would lose it. Why? Because we got some spirit, but we ain't full of the spirit. This is what we're after today. I don't know about you. I don't want to live the rest of my life somewhat spirit. I don't want to have a little bit of spirit. I don't have a knowledge of what happened back in the day. I want to live in that place of full of the, I want to be so hydrated that when you attack me, my skin just gets bounces back. You push on, it just bounces back. I want, I want to be able to have all of my organs functioning properly the way God wanted me to be in the spirit instead of me having these, ba- these breakout moments where I lose my mind and I go off and I say something stupid online because I'm so dehydrated I'm not full of the spirit. Boy, we need a church that's full of the spirit. We need, we need Christians to be full of the spirit because I'm going to tell you right now, we will not be able to handle what's coming and what's upon us now. We will not be able to do it by way of the flesh or by way of a little Christianity stuff. We're going to have to be full of the Spirit. Are you there? Say yes. Oh, you're not there. Are you there? Say yes. And so all of a sudden, after they seem looking like an angel, uh, one of the head guys says, well, Stephen, what do you have to say about all this? And for the next 50 verses, that dude preaches his, his brains out. He starts taking them through, and Moses did this, and Moses did this, and then we did this as a people, and God poured out his spirit, and Jesus, the Messiah, came, and he was fine, and they were all fine until he got to verse 51 of chapter 7. Look what he says. And you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. What are they just like their fathers in? You always resist the Holy Spirit. Friend, I don't want to resist the Holy Spirit because I got some bad doctrine because of some church that I went to back when I was a kid. I don't, I don't want to resist the fulfillment of the promise of Joel chapter 2 that I will pour out my spirit on all your sons and daughters, on all flesh, on all people. I'll pour it out. And this got, this got, that prophecy of Joel chapter 2 was actually redeemed at Acts chapter 2 when it says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon all of those in that room, in that upper room, and they began to have what seemed tongues of fire rest upon them. They all began to speak in other tongues, and they went forth from there, and they began to see everyone healed, everyone saved, everyone's life turned around. These 120 people were set on fire because they were full all of a sudden instead of going through dead religious acts and somehow proving that they were loyal to the Lord, they actually now had power flowing with them. Are you, say, are you there? Say yes. So then in verse 54 of Acts 7, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth. Now how mad do you have to be to start grinding your teeth? I mean, you know, I get, I get upset here and there, but gnashing of your teeth, that, that is a mental picture that I never want to see. Verse 55, but Stephen... 
What is he full of what? He's full of frustration, full of injustice, full of justice, full of, full of this ain't right, full of taking, defending him on something. No, full of the Spirit. Looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I heard one preacher say, we only see Jesus standing here. The rest of the time the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That, that Jesus, as he's going through this, and he's being full of the Spirit, and he's, he's having this engagement, and they're about to kill him, Jesus stands up and starts applauding. That's my boy right there. That's my boy. That's, that's my boy right there. As he's full of the Spirit. I, don't, I wonder how often Jesus goes, oh, come on, Adam. Oh, man. Come on, you're right there, buddy. You're just, just dehydrated. I know you're tired trying to do this in your own strength. Stop. Let me fill you up. Let me fill you up. And at this, verse 57 says, And as they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. I made a mistake the other day. I was on TikTok, and somehow, you know, they got, you know, if you look at one little thing, they'll give you 30 of them. And I started, I I got caught up in this loop of all these 60-second videos of these Karens and these people losing their mind at the grocery store, because, you know, someone told them to put a mask on. They didn't want to wear their mask. And I, and I just couldn't stop watching them. All these people you, losing their mind. One lady was standing on the cash register at Walmart. Yelling. Top of her lung. Anybody going to help me? Anybody gonna? And they're like, ma'am, get down. I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. Ah! And I was just watching this like, you are crazy. And I went to the next one and the next guy. And, and they're getting in a fist fight, yelling at the top of their lungs because they pushed the buggy into their buggy. Oh, my goodness. It, I was just going through them. And by the end of that, I wanted to murder somebody. I was so deplete. Are you with me? I was so deplete in the midst of this, all of this yelling and screaming, and, a, and, and he is seeing Jesus at the right. He's so full of the Spirit that he sees Jesus standing up and applauding, and he's like, hey, hey, Jesus, I'm doing well. Yes, yes, yes. It says, and they cover their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him. They bum-rushed this dude. Verse 58, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Not get stoned with him. They stoned him. Some of y'all have flashbacks. No, 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 no. They, they, began, they began throwing rocks at him. This was not Mile High City. This is not, this is not Denver. This is, they, they are throwing rocks at him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who later we would know him as the Apostle Paul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. I want you to think about this. I want, you to go, I want you to go to Walmart today, tick off some people, because you're so spiritual. Have them drag you out into the middle of the highway, and have them start throwing rocks at you to kill you, and you start going, I just pray for you right now. None of us in this room would do this. The reason why is because we're not full. We have some Holy Spirit in us. Yes, we love God, but we're not Full of the Spirit. Why would they say, we want you to pick someone full of the Spirit? It was a qualifying point. Because they recognized that everybody wasn't full of the Spirit. Don't give me nobody to do this job that's not full of the Spirit. Don't give me anybody who's going to be in a daily operations of trying to help people and, and that's in difficulty in the practical application of the things of ministry that's not full of the Spirit. In fact, every believer 
was supposed to be and is expected to be full of the Spirit. So look at the response. So how does he do these miracles? Because he's full of the Spirit. Where's the courage to confront coming from? Say it with me. Because he's full of the Spirit. How is he able to pre-forgive before they even kill him? Because he is full of the Spirit. How is he able to stand there and pray for them as they are murdering him in front of all of these false witnesses? How is he able to do that? Because he is full of the Spirit. Which brings me to some understanding here as I read this passage that he saw, Stephen's life has some key pieces to show us what it is to actually be filled with the Spirit. First and foremost, when you and I are filled with the Spirit, we'll move in signs and wonders. So if you're not moving in signs and wonders, you have to ask yourself, am I full of the Spirit? I may have some Holy Spirit in me. I may feel convicted when I do things wrong, but why am I not seeing this? You say, well, you know, I believe that that went away with the apostles. And Well, he wasn't an apostle. So, so the early church believers moved in signs and wonders. Why are we not moving in signs and wonders? I'll tell you why. Because we, we're dehydrated. We're not bad. We don't need to pray more and read the Bible more. We just need to get hydrated. Because the natural result of being properly spirit-filled, fooled, is that signs and wonders will happen. Signs and wonders. I was thinking about this the other day. If I took all the miracles that God has done through me and with me over the last 50 years of my life, I could line them up next to the book of Acts and everybody would be like, wow. Wow, that's real similar. So, so what we think is that we got to go, you know, we got to have a miracle every day or we're not filled with the Spirit. No, no. Throughout the week, throughout the month, things happen. God does supernatural things through you and you and I need to continue to move in signs and wonders. Here's the next thing that we see and that is he had the power to overcome injustice. When you're filled with the Spirit, you have the power to overcome injustice. Injustice doesn't overcome you. That's been the scariest thing for me in 2020 to watch spirit-filled, love God believers be overtaken by what they saw with injustice instead of overtaking that because they were full of the spirit. It didn't take him down. He took it down. You and I can take down injustice if we'll just be filled with the spirit because the Lord tells us do this right now. Say this to this one right now. Act like this right now. Humble yourself right here. But if we're not full of the spirit, then the injustice around us will continue to propagate. And this is what we say in our nation. People are looking up going, time is now. Is this not the fast I've chosen for you, says the Lord, to break off the injustice of the people? That's part of what fasting is supposed to be about. Okay, here's the next thing that we see, and that is a supernatural love and kindness for those who hate him. A supernatural love. When you're full of the Spirit, there's a supernatural love and kindness for those who hate you. So if you say, I don't have that, mm, and you're probably dehydrated. It's not that you're bad. It's not that you're not good enough that you have to perform more, go to church more so you can have that. No, no, you just need to get refilled. And probably you can look back to a moment where you had grace and mercy and now you don't have it. See, I would like to speak to those of you that have been saved 5, 10, 15, 20 years for just a moment. So you think because you had this experience way back in the day that you know more than the rest of us. And that's really good. You do have a lot of experience. But you have to understand, you have been being sucked dry Every day. And for a new Christian, see, I don't know if you know this, but if you study this whole water content thing in, 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 in the human body, before you're 19, uh, after you're 19 years old, your body requires a, 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 a 10 cups a day of water to replenish. 10 cups a day, which is 80 ounces. 
before, from 16 to 19, you only need six or seven cups. Before 16, 13 to 16, you only need three or four cups. And when you're a child, you only need one or two cups. And I, and I would connect that to the Spirit. The more longer I've been a Christian, the more pollutants I've been affected by. So the more I need to hydrate so I can wash out the pollutants because a baby Christian, someone who's brand new, you remember when you first got saved? It's all wonderful. This is awesome. A whole new world. Brand fantastic point of view. Until you, like we experienced, and our first charismatic Pentecostal pastor was cheating with the women that we were bringing to get saved at the church, and he was having sexual relationships with them. You want to talk about a, how can this thing be real now? Until you have a small group leader who talked bad about you online behind your back. See, those pollutants get in there, so how do you stay loving and forgiving? You, boy, you better replenish, because that starts sucking it out, sucking it out. And the longer I've been a Christian, the more I've been attacked, the more I've seen frustration, the more I can like, how can you call yourself a Christian and do this and act like this? And the only reason I can keep smiling, the only reason I can keep moving is because I keep refreshing and refreshing, and i got to keep drinking from the well. Are you there? Say yes. Come on, are you there? Say yes. We put the, our little... Uh, our little water uh, feature here today. I wanted to, I know it looks like it's from a Catholic church, but it's not. I got that at point the other day. But I wanted to illustrate how this water is constantly running. How it's constantly running. And this is what Jesus had come. And let me give you rivers of living water. This fountain is constantly bringing water in. It's a constant source of water that's moving. This is the mental picture I want you to have. What's supposed to be in mind in your life to replenish and replace. And when you and I, when you and I just think, you know, I just got to go to church here and there. No, no, you need to wake up every morning and turn on the spout. You need to wake up every day throughout the day and you need to replenish your dry soul. Every moment of the day, you need to have freshness in the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I love this whole concept that there's living water. Instead of, I've got to go dip every now and then in a, from a well and put my cup all the way down there and pull it back up. Jesus said, listen, he told her, he said, he told the woman at the well, I will give you living water where you don't have to do this day in and day out. And she goes, if you can give me living water, well, I don't have to come and do all this work to get that little bit of water down at the bottom of that well with my little cup on the end of the little rope. Give it to me now. And he says, sweetheart, you don't even know what we're talking about. I'm talking about giving you the Holy Spirit where you don't have to run to church and get a little something to make you feel better, where you don't have to go online and find somebody's little, somebody's little uh, Bible study and get a little bit of that and make you feel a little bit better. I'm talking about living water flowing in you every moment of the day. I'm talking about you being replenished throughout the day because I'm putting streams of living water in you, not that you've got to go get it from the Torah, not that you got to go sit in the synagogue and hear it uh, read by the, by the rabbi, that you have the spirit of the living God leading you, guiding you, flowing through you. This was supposed to be what Christianity looked like. And somehow we get our little sip and then we live in a state of dehydration. So I want to give you daily tips to stay in full. Can you write these down? Daily tips. To stay, this will change your life. I promise you. Because I want to see you become the men and women who had daily miracles happening. I want to see you be able to look at those in injustice and have grace for them and love them and see them turn around. I want you to be able to pray for those who hate you and are despisefully using you and abusing you. So here's the first daily tip that I would give you on staying full. Number one, present yourself to God every a.m., noontime, and p.m. I was going to say morning, noon, and night. It was just too long to put on the little piece of slide right there. So, Morning, noon, and night. 
Stop your day. Wake yourself up in the morning, middle of your day, stop, p.m., and represent yourself. Here I am, Holy Spirit. Look, look what Romans 12, 1 says. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Present yourself. Now, let me give you a mental picture of what this looks like. I wake up every morning and say, here I am, Jesus. Holy Spirit, here I am. Take my, take my life. I don't, want, I, don't want my, I don't want you to come fix my agenda. I want to know what your agenda is. I'm here. I'm presenting myself. I'm working with a, a, a group of people. I'm, I'm helping out another ministry right now. And there's, there's a guy on my team who comes to me every, all throughout the day. Pastor Aaron, what do you want to do? What, what would you do about this? He presents himself. What do you think, what do you think we should do about this? I'm thinking, and, and he's constantly showing up. He says, hey, what do you think about this? What, do we do? what should we do? Have you ever had uh, those of you that have uh, staff and those of you that have people that work for you, have you ever had that one or two people that, that are hungry and they'll come, they'll ask you and they'll come and say, what can I do for you? And they're constantly there and everyone else calls them a kiss up. Let me tell you, that kiss up is actually getting all of my affection, all of my attention and all my wisdom because I'm pouring it out on pouring it. Well, bro, I think we should do this. He goes, okay. And he goes, runs off and he does it. And I'm looking at him like, when he comes back, I'm going to make sure he gets everything he needs. You and I need to represent ourselves all throughout the day to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm here. I'm here. I know I got kind of crazy today working on this. I forgot all about you. You know, I'm working on this project. We're doing this in the office. We're doing this on, on the job site. But I, re I represent myself. What do you want today? How can I serve you and fellowship with you properly? Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Come on, are you sure? Say yes. See, you need to stop waiting for something and start initiating with the Holy Spirit. And this is what a lot of you do. Because you, 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 you heard that scripture, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You misappropriated that. That's not talking about that person, that, that, that single woman, you know, who's sitting by the phone believing that one day somebody's going to call her and ask her out on a date. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about waiting like a waiter comes to the table and waits on you. And waits on you. Those who wait upon the Lord. So you need to constantly be presenting yourself to the Holy Spirit. I'm here. What do you need? Is there, how, how do I serve you? How do I follow you today? What are, what are you speaking? You need to pause your day and just go sit in your truck or whatever and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm here. I present myself. He said, Pastor, what if nothing happens? I promise you, you keep presenting yourself and something's going to start happening. You're going to start sensing things. You're going to start hearing his voice. He's going to start guiding you. Stop waiting. I, and I can't, all, all the time people tell me, you know, it's just, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Shame on you. Shame on you. Because Jesus says, and ye shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive. And that word receive in the, original, in the original Greek is lambano, which is where we get our word receiver in football. Have you ever seen a receiver just run out there and say, well, if he wants me to have the ball, he'll get it to me. No, he goes out there, pow, 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 and he goes up and gets that ball. And then you and I treat the Holy Spirit like, well, if he wants me to have something, he'll have to, he'll have to force himself on me. And that's what most of you do in reference to the spirit of the living God. That's the reason why you're dehydrated is because you don't go get it. You don't present yourself and I am here and I want everything you have for me and I'm not going to live today without you, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to live high dehydrated. I'm not going to live just kind of filled up. I want to be completely full of the Holy Spirit. Here's a second daily tip. I know that's good. Come on, second daily tip. We've got to move fast. Second daily tip that I would teach and that is so to the spirit. So to the spirit. Galatians 6, 8, he that sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Sow to the Spirit. You said, Pastor, what are you talking about, sow to the Spirit? I don't use words like that. Sure you do. You make investments. What you invest in, you expect a return on. You put effort and energy. You know that side hustle that you hope and takes over what you got to do right now to bring in income? Sow to the Spirit. 
I'm constantly sowing where I want to go. I'm constantly putting effort and energy. I'm sowing. So sow to the Spirit. Sow to it. Give, give opportunity for it. How can the Holy Spirit move in you if all you do is watch TV all day long or on social media all day long? How, how are you giving space for the Spirit of the living God to engage with you? You've got to sow into it. My wife, when we went into this, when we went into this thing with the, uh, uh, with the uh, nutritionist, Nutritionist told me I needed to start drinking 80 ounces of water a day. So my plan was, okay, throughout the day, I'm just going to try to drink as much water as I can. And so throughout the day, I would go find a water bottle and I would drink it. Can I tell you, I still stink at getting 80 ounces of water. You know I stink at getting 80 ounces of water? Because I'm hoping somewhere along throughout the day I'm going to figure it out. Oh, I'll go out to eat for lunch and I'll just make sure I drink two things of water. I'm not calculating it. I'm not sowing. I'm not forcing the situation. I'm not working the. I'm not working the plan. My wife, on the other hand, went and bought one of these. She went and bought one of these. She's that weird person that every time you see them, they're carrying their jug of water. And and and, and I love it. it. She even got one that would encourage her at 8 a.m. Ready to go. At 10 a.m. Drink some more. At 12 p.m. Keep it up. She's encouraging herself. <laughs> Her water bottle encourages her. You're almost there. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, you can. No excuses. Almost there. Treat yourself. I mean, it's all the way down, this whole thing. And she carries this thing around. I, on the other hand, am hoping that I end up with enough of these to get my 80 ounces. And this is how some of you are treating the Holy Spirit. Well, if he just wants to touch me you know, today, you know, I went to church on Sunday. Surely that's enough. Friend, you filled up yesterday. That was great you filled up yesterday, but today's a new day. You burned through yesterday. You've got to sow into it. You've got to create some space. You should be sitting early in the morning with your Bible in your lap and your little favorite worship group going and just sitting there. If you started with 15 minutes and saying, I'm sowing to it. I'm giving space for it. I'm giving time for it. I'm going to make it happen. You should schedule where you want to go. Think about it. You schedule when you go eat. You don't miss a meal. Some of you are like getting a lot of meals in. You need to schedule so where you want to go. How much time... Do you spend here, there, and everywhere? See, you make time for anything that's important enough to you. Make time. Show where you want to go. Keep moving. Number three. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to keep you moving. All right. Number three. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter. Verse 20. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Would you read that out loud with me together? Let's do it again. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me help you a little bit. This passage is actually teaching us that when we pray in the Spirit, we're building ourselves up in our most holy faith. So I ask God all the time to give you beautiful prayer languages between you and Him. There's much confusion about praying in tongues and speaking in tongues and all that because there's been such a divide in the body of Christ. The New Testament church didn't have that problem. They just were full of the Spirit, and they all had these beautiful prayer languages that they engaged with the Lord. The Apostle Paul has to correct them about 30 years into this process in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, excuse me, 15 range, all in it, chapter 14. And he tells them, he says, listen, I wish y'all would stop doing all that because what they were doing is they were prophesying in tongues and as they were prophesying in tongues, they had no interpretation. So imagine in this gathering of believers, all of a sudden one of you jump up and go, Hi, and 
then you sit down. And another one steps up, and all of a sudden you jump up and whatever. And we're all just sitting there. And this was happening like crazy. And the apostle Paul said, that's foolishness. Stop it. Stop all that. He said, I'd rather you speak something intelligibly from God. Like, God wants you all to know he loves you and that he's for you. He just wants me to tell you guys that. He said, but this whole thing that you're doing in tongues, then there better doggone be an interpretation. Because we don't know what you're talking about and you create confusion. That's what he's dealing with. And then he goes on to say, and when it comes to praying in tongues, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you guys. And there's a difference in Scripture. It, again, remember, they're formulating this thing as they go. They don't have all these clear, definitive, this is how you do it, this is how. They don't have any manuals. They're just following the Holy Spirit. And so what we see clearly is there are two engagements uh, with, with tongues. First off, there is praying in other tongues. And who's the audience when you pray? God, praying in the Spirit. God. That's, but when you prophesy in tongues, who's the audience? The people. And he's correcting them speaking in tongues prophesying in tongues, not correcting them on having a beautiful prayer language with their father. Oh, I have the privilege of working at a Bible school where there's 50 different nationalities, and one of the funnest things that I get to do is engage with people who English is not their primary language. It's their second language. I want you to understand, God wants to communicate with you and your spirit one-on-one. And so that's what this prayer language thing is about. You see, but I just don't really get it. I don't really understand it. You're not supposed to really get it and understand it to the level that you can control it. What you're supposed to do is by faith say, Lord, I want a beautiful relationship with you. I want to be filled with your spirit. And I want you to give me a beautiful language that you and I can engage with. Because the Bible says that when we pray in the spirit, the spirit of the living God inside of us goes and searches out the deep things of God and comes back and reveals it to us. So when I pray in my prayer language... When I pray in my prayer language, he begins to reveal things to me. So when I pray in the Spirit, I'm telling you, supernatural things begin happening. This series came from me and Jamie praying in the Spirit together. I'm telling you, this church is here because we were praying in the Spirit. We had an open vision that God wanted a church in Cedar Hill, and he wanted us to do it. I did not have time for that. I was traveling the nations, moving in the supernatural, having these wonderful experiences and all these big conference moments. And God said, no, I want a church in Cedar Hill, a multiracial church, right in the middle of all the difficulty. I want a multigenerational church, and I want you to live it out in front of everybody, and I want everyone to learn how to live for me in the way that I intended in the New Testament. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it in Jesus' name. Yes, I was praying in the Spirit when he began to give us those revelations. We're only here because Jamie and I prayed in tongues, engaging with our Father, and he gave us that revelation. So just so you know, uh, and not only that, if you have a problem with praying in tongues, just realize that every one of the men who God used to write, write your New Testament, every one of them prayed in tongues. And so I just I want to help you because I know there's been so much misappropriation, so much foolishness, and that's because we hadn't had pastors slap that and say, stop that, that's stupid. Don't do that. That's misappropriating. That's not who he is. You're misappropriating. And so I want you to begin to ask, say, Lord, I'd like a prayer language. I'd like to engage with you. And I want to help you also, too. In the in book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, And ye shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Tongues was not the goal. Power was the goal. Tongues is this beautiful piece of engagement in this whole process but it is not the definitive part. I, 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 don't, I don't know where you came from uh, doctrinally and who kind of raised you up. But at the end of the day, you do not have to pray and speak in tongues to go to heaven. You need to know that. Anybody tells you that, they misappropriate the Holy Scriptures. That's not true at all. And you don't necessarily pray in tongues and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because many times we get strongholds in our mind and we're scared to pray out in tongues. And so, and so then, then someone says, well, you don't really have it then. You don't have it. You don't have, have what? You don't have it. You don't have what? 
you have the Holy Spirit. And they get all weird about it. Sure I do. I asked Jesus into my life, and he gave me his Holy Spirit. That's why I'm convicted of sin. I would, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be convicted of sin. It's the Holy Spirit living and abiding in me, and now definitely he wants to keep filling me. And as he fills me, oh, this beautiful engagement of praying in the Spirit is powerful, and that's my piece on it, and that's enough. Let's keep moving. All right, I love you so much. All right, here's a fourth thing I would teach you to do daily to be filled with the Spirit, and that is take quick action on the Holy Spirit promptings. Take quick action on the Holy Spirit promptings. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us stay in step with the Spirit. So take quick action on the Holy Spirit promptings. Here's what most of us do. Is that really the Lord right now asking me to do that? Hmm. And we start thinking about it. And we start overthinking it. And we start overthinking it. That can't be the Lord telling me to call my mom who I haven't talked to in four years and tell her I love her. Can't be him. Because after what, we, what she did to me, that can't be him. That nudge of the Spirit of the Lord, when you begin to respond with that quickly, when you begin to move with the Spirit of the Lord quickly, it fills you up. It, it kind of like cr- uh, takes the hose. You know how you, as a kid, you crimp the hose and wait for your little brother to look at the end of it, and then you do it in their face? And so when you and I quickly move, when the Holy Spirit prompts us and we obey, and we just kind of go for it, what that does is uncrimp it, and then that living water begins to flow through us like never before. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, this happened to me a couple weeks ago. Uh, there were some missionaries who came in town. I didn't know them, but they've been, they've been doing missions work uh, in, um, uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, no, that's not true. In, in, yes, right in there. It's Slavic-speaking nation. Uh, for, anyway, and so I met them after service, and they were, they, they were here for their daughter who was going to Bible school, and they, they found our church, and they said, we're going to be kind of you know, on, on furlough for just a, little, a few weeks, and so we needed a church to go to. We like yours, and so just want to hang out with you guys. I said, awesome. I started telling our story, and we sat here after service for you know, 30 minutes, and then we prayed together, and as they went to leave, they turned around, they came back, and the, and the dad, uh, the man, handed me $100. He said, I want to sow into good seed. And I'm looking at this missionary like, you don't need to be giving me no money. I need to be giving you money. But every time the Lord does that to me, every time somebody gives me something like that, if I'm in need, then I take that and I say, God, you answered that need. But if I don't have a need right then, then I know that I'm a conduit for somebody else. So I took that $100 and I held on to it. And I put it in my pocket. Two days later... I'm somewhere, and, uh, and this team, I'm somewhere ministering, and this team is leading worship, and I'm standing there worshiping with them. All of a sudden, I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Give that $100 to that girl right there playing the guitar. I'm like, okay, I don't know who she is, but great. And so as soon as service was over and she finished you know, her set with all the worship team, I went up to her and I said, hey, God told me to give you this, and I handed it to her. She looked at it, and she started weeping uncontrollably. She said, you had no idea. I have this bill that is right now due, and I'm going to lose this, this, and this, and this is exact. Thank you, Jesus. Because I moved quick action. When the, if I'd have started and looked at her and said, she don't look like she needs money. She's got nice clothes on. I mean, what could, I mean she's on stage. I mean, do they pay her around here? What's going on? I didn't second guess it. I made quick action on it. Quick action. Quick action. And when you do that, it frees up the Spirit of the Lord to keep moving and flowing in you. But when you and I resist and we second-guess it, stop second-guessing and just go with it. Oh, Pastor Matt Malark was telling me the other day, he was driving, uh, you know, he's driving through town, and he saw this guy on the side of the road, homeless guy, and he says, I normally pass these guys, you know, because it's a racket, most of them. He goes, but I had a, from the Lord, Spirit of the Lord said, roll down the window, talk to him. 
I rolled down the window, and we started talking. He said, and I threw him up in the truck, and I brought him to get him something to eat. And he said, as he told me his story, I realized this man is so broken, and the demonic forces have so destroyed his life. I began preaching to him. I laid hands on him. He got delivered. He got saved right then and there. He looked at me with tears coming down his eyes. He said, nobody's ever tried this with me. Unction. Remove with the unction of God. Move with it. Here's the final piece. You still there? Say yes. Final piece, and that is fruit check. Throughout the day, fruit check. Yesterday, uh, last week, I taught you that um, you can tell when you're filled with the Spirit because you will have the proof that the Holy Spirit's flowing through you. And what is the proof or the fruit, as the Bible calls it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. So if you don't have self-control right now, then that means you've somehow quenched the Spirit. And so if right now you're in a business moment in the middle of the day and you are losing your mind and you're thinking, how can I reach across this table and stab them in the throat? What you need to do is say, ooh, look, give me, can I walk out? Give me a second on this meeting. <laughs> praise him. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> and you need to go in the bathroom and you need to do a little fruit check and say, okay, all right, there ain't no patience going on right here. There's no self-control. And that's when you refer back to step number one. <laughs> and you start going through that checklist and you say, okay, Lord, I represent myself right here. I'm here. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm here. Fill me up afresh. Ooh, I must have got dehydrated from all the work of today. And you start praying in the Spirit and stirring yourself up, back up in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me today? Say yes. If you take these five tips, I promise you, you will never be the same. Oh, to be a part of a church that moves in the supernatural. The Bible says there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Words of knowledge, working of wisdom, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing. All these gifts, why do we not see them active in our life? Because someone told you you have to be up on that stage to be one who moves in that, and that's a lie. Every believer is supposed to be filled with the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord has free reign in our lives, when, we are de when we're not dehydrated but we're hydrated, natural result of that, people are going to get healed around us. We're going to have courage. We're going to look those with injustice, just wickedness in the eye and say, hey, listen, I love you, but you're stiff-necked. I love you with all my heart. But you have done this year after year. Your parents were like this. Your grandparents were like this. And God's giving you an opportunity to change right now. Would you not follow after him? And then in their anger and they want to be violent, you'll be able to look up and go, look, Jesus is clapping for me. You better back up. Wow. You and I need to stop being dehydrated and start getting hydrated. I've given you tips on how to hydrate every day. Every day I wake up and do these things. And so it's from this point forward, I'm expecting that God will begin to work in you. And yeah, you might be like me right now and still kind of slipping and you're only doing about 30 ounces a day. Oh, but friend, if you and I could get like Miss Jamie and we could get our 80 ounces a day, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to start healing the sick, raising, we're going to drive past funeral homes and people are just going to jump up out of the grave. I mean, we're going to be so full of the Holy Spirit that everybody who's been attacking you at work can't figure out why you keep getting promoted. You're just going to say, I'm full of the Spirit. I just go where the Spirit of the Lord leads me. I'd say what they tell me. They're going to be working on a problem. He can't solve it. And you're going to be sitting there praying in the Spirit kind of under your breath. And all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. Hey, what if we do this? And they go, oh, where did you get that from? Holy Spirit, let us be full of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me all across the room? Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. But the word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. 
You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.